edition of video returning slot part two i'm your host invasion of the toddy snatchers and i'm joined by my co-host stephen king's matt yes (laughs) how's it going today matt (laughs) really good actually it's mitt for today stephen king's mitt Mitt. i like stephen king's mitt yes invasion of the toddy snatchers (laughs) oh my goodness i was really trying to yeah, I was really trying to think of a more appropriate one for your name, but we'll have to go with Stephen King's <laughs> Mitt for now. And that's with two T's, of course. Yeah, of course, okay. of course. Right on. Uh, so uh, for those of you who are uh, listening for the first time or haven't listened to our previous episode on Video Returnee Slot uh, Spooky Edition for Halloween, uh, we are now on the right side of the bracket for horror movies and uh just a just a quick rundown of how this works we try to pick the top 16 most iconic or best horror movies of all time and uh so far uh on the left side we went through the thing halloween amityville horror it follows the ring get out friday the 13th part two and nightmare on elm street and halloween came out on top uh, for the left side of the bracket, is, as far as those movies are concerned, we think that Halloween is the best of that bunch. So, uh, we, I guess, uh, moving on to the right side of the bracket, yes. uh, we have eight more movies, another Hateful Eight group of movies. Uh, so we have the original Dawn of the Dead versus the original It which is an interesting category because both of those got remakes. Yep. Uh, the Shining versus Alien, which is going to be a tough one. I think that's going to be taking up most of the podcast. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre versus The Exorcist, two classics. And Blair Witch Project versus Paranormal Activity, which that will also be interesting because they're both the two only found footage movies in this uh, entire bracket and you could argue neither of them are good. So, <laughs> uh, Matt, did I miss anything? No, that's good. And uh, I guess uh, so. Yeah, obviously you mentioned this. Halloween is the champion of the uh, the the bracket, the left bracket, if you will. Uh, also worth mentioning, though, it uh, it uh, in the finals of the semifinals, I guess it was against Get Out. So. Uh, pretty interesting that such a new horror movie would have made it that far. But, um, yeah, it was kind of cool to see how everything unfolded. I, I uh, yeah, I, I kind of liked seeing how Get Out uh, made sort of a, sort of, um, from, I guess, yeah, just sort of unassuming beginnings. It made it all the way to the semifinals. So uh, that yeah. uh, has a lot of, uh, I've been thinking a lot about that movie. Have I, have I watched it yet? No. But, uh but uh, <laughs> just after that, I was like, man, there's a, a lot, a lot of like layers to it. I think I, I, I'm just assuming, and even from some of the stuff you're telling me. So, looking forward to doing that, and maybe even doing like a, a second or you know a supplementary episode on it after I do watch it. Uh, yeah. So it I has been on my actually, mind a lot. After our discussion, I actually ended up ordering it, and I think it 
is arriving today. So oh, wicked. Uh, once I'm done setting up my apartment this weekend, I think I'm going to do a double feature of uh, both of, um, uh, oh my God, Jordan Peele's uh, movies. So Get Out and his, uh, I guess, uh, what do you call it? Like his follow-up, yeah, uh, yeah. Us. Us. Uh, so the one us is not us is not as good as get out but like it's a that's the one very that's like, interesting movie that's the one that's like three hours or whatever you said right it's like pretty epic uh no no uh that's that's under the silver lake which oh, is the follow-up yeah. to it follows which is ah, like i gotta make it's so strange gotcha. again i it's one of those movies i want to recommend to people because it's so strange it's such a a trip to watch uh but it's also a really bad movie, so I don't know what to. Uh, You're conflicted ooh. upon the recommendation. I remember that. Yeah, I, I think the way you worded it is like you recommended it to me, just as simply as like, yeah, kind of like you know, like we give each other like sort of homework assignments. But you had a hard time recommending it to the vast, uh, you know, the, the our listening audience, just because. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's not going to have any mass appeal. It's exactly. Be like very, very particular. Like, oh my god. I, I can't even like talk about it because it's just so it, it might go down as like one of those like best worst movies, but it's oh, not okay. like it's not like technically wrong like Trolls Two or right. Room or anything like that. It's just yeah. weirdly constructed and yeah. over ambitious. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. Yeah. There's nothing worse than yeah, exactly, an overly ambitious long movie. Like there's yeah. rarely anything worse. It it, yeah, uh, it usually exactly. it's usually uh, grounds for just becoming irate. Uh, yeah. th- one other thing, just from the first bracket, I wanted to. Um, I guess I was kind of thinking about too, like thinking about. I'm like, man, we didn't give. I, I mean, yes, Friday the Thirteenth was in there, and it kind of got knocked out right away. So I just wanted to give. Um, I was kind of thinking about like Wes Craven and how sort of um, we we sort of touched on it, but how imaginative he is, and and you know he's got quite the. Uh, I don't know, just um, scope as far as like he, he he can. Oh, I just thought of something else, man. Too much stuff going on. I'm gonna write it down before. I leave. Okay, got it. Uh, just uh, you know, he he's a really good, um, I guess, filmmaker in creating these like like transporting you, like any. I, I, we've talked about this a lot on this show about like directors that have the whole vision as far as like just the setting. I mean, we talked about that with John Carpenter um, and a lot of different other filmmakers, even. Tarantino and so forth and like maybe Wes Anderson that has a real eye for uh, you know like the the settings that they're using and everything like even some stuff on sort of almost a subconscious level and I think uh, Wes Craven does a really good job of that so I wanted to just uh, just do a quick segue into some like I'm not a huge I got a lot of respect for him as a, like a filmmaker but all his movies end up kind of being it's like just a bit rotten to me like so I remember uh, watching uh, People Under the Stairs I don't know if you've seen that movie no, I haven't. And no. it's uh, it's really like kind of like creepy, like unsettling, creepy. Um, uh, I remember watching it's like, but it's not like particularly scary. But it's just like, man, the 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 fact that this guy thought this some of these scenes up was really sort of like, you know, it's like delving into some pretty dark subject matter, but like kind of wrapping some humor around it too. And and um, I believe he did. Oh, he also did Hills Have Eyes, right? Oh, um, which is like. I think an iconic movie yeah. in some fashion, like it has that sort of bald mongoloid looking man and uh, just the whole idea of the backwoods, uh, you know, group of people I think has been used quite a few times. We've mentioned that in like yeah. the Rob Zombie movies and of course the uh, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and all that. So I remember both those movies 
having a pretty like unsettling you know effect on me watching it uh so i just wanted to i guess give a, a little bit more love or acknowledgement to to west craven uh just as like uh like he does have a very um vivid uh style of filmmaking so i just wanted to kind of uh I guess give him a little more love on this list because, um, he, I mean, yeah. his one like sort of franchise movie got knocked out immediately. So I just wanted to kind of <laughs> get into that a bit. Yeah, I completely agree. And with like most of his works, it it's always like Wes Craven's blank, right? Wes exactly. Craven's Nightmare on Elm Street, Wes totally. Craven's um, Children Under the Stairs. Yeah. Uh, one movie that I, I've wanted to see for a while, but I kind of, uh, I kind of, Maybe I'm like cheap, but I always try to like get things uh, to pr- purchase like legally um, in order to watch them. But I don't want to like spend five ninety nine to watch something once. So I'm always on the lookout for getting it like very cheap on DVD for like one or two dollars. Nice, and, yeah. Uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare is oh. one I wanted to watch for forever, and that's the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, uh, what do you call it? Like. Reboot. bringing it into the yeah it's a yeah. reboot but it, yeah. in in uh in that movie nightmare on elm street as a series like exists in that world and it's oh. like about how uh freddy is like coming to like real the real world and like affecting like the actors and actresses from the original oh yeah movie. okay this is totally ringing a bell i kind of forgot about this but yeah yeah i know what you mean yeah yeah and Wes craven is like actually in the movie as well so i have been meaning to check that out just because it's such a weird uh, the only other time i've ever seen that where uh the film itself exists in uh the, the sequels universe i guess well i've seen it twice um is Human Centipede 2 takes oh, place yeah. in the re- real world. Okay, yeah. And, oh, man, I do not recommend watching that movie. Uh, oh, right. And uh, I think Halloween 3, which I touched on last episode, is, like, that one where they're trying to establish Halloween as an anthology series where it's not so much about Michael Myers each time. So right. uh, in that, like, uh, I think on a TV somewhere, the original Halloween is playing and... It's just interesting when people decide to do that, where they decide to make sequels where the uh, fiction uh, of the previous installment exists in the uh, as a piece of fiction in the in the sequel. <laughs> right. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. That reminds me a little bit of two of um, I don't know if you're a big like Seinfeld or Kirby or enthusiasm fan, but when they kind of yes. sort of crossover, I thought that was pretty clever. That whole season was based on, you know, the idea that Seinfeld was going to come back for one last episode and it kind of break broke down the whole, you know, the fourth wall or however you would say it with like basically revealing that Jason Alexander was supposed to be playing uh, Larry David, but Larry David didn't want to act in the original Seinfeld. And then they kind of had a falling out. So then Larry David ended up playing the role of George Costanza. And it was this whole thing. It was, I don't know. I thought it was pretty clever. I, I've seen, I've seen the clip, but I haven't seen the episode. Nice. Uh, nice. I've been, I've been slowly going through Curb, but there's a lot of Curb Your Enthusiasm now. There and... is. It's like, it's uh it is uh, a sort of eclipsed uh, Seinfeld in at least like longevity anyways, because Seinfeld just did the nine seasons. And I think yeah. Curb is, I think well beyond that now, but. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it, um, oh, shoot. it must be on like season 12 or something like that. That sounds uh, right. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. So I, I just wanted to say, I know it's like the cool thing to say, but like, I like Curb Your Enthusiasm more than Seinfeld now because it's just, it, like, 
it, it's like almost shocking what they try to make like a, an episode about. I guess. Oh yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like I think he's like run a he being Larry David sort of run amok with like all the ideas that maybe back in the Seinfeld days would have been like oh no that's like you know, pushing the envelope or too much. Like he's, he's got fair game to do it all. Right. So it's yeah, for sure. I know I can, I can, I can see the appeal of both. Like I, I, of course I really like Kirby enthusiasm, but yeah, I'm, I'm like the other side of the fence where it's obviously we're kind of getting well off uh, the horror movie topic here, but we'll, we'll, we'll get back. We'll, on track we'll loop her back. Eventually. But um, yeah, eventually. Yeah. But no, I'm definitely, yeah. uh, I'm just such a huge Seinfeld fan. I, I would, I would never be able to, um, you know, have it topped by, by anything really. So, but uh, no. it, yeah, in any event, I guess. Um, yeah. Oh, and this is the other thing too that when I was thinking about the other secondary thing, I'm kind of surprised that we haven't uh, brought this person up and he didn't end up in the uh, the ranking here. But um, I know we've been meaning to do a, like a series of episodes. I'm having a feeling it's going to end up being like a Glatod series. Anybody that doesn't know what that means, it's the combination of all three of our names, and we just <laughs> like we basically just complain and and debate and argue each other about. Uh, you know, the merits or the pros and cons of a different movie series. So we've done the one on like Star Wars, the whole series, uh, Alien versus Predator. And uh, we were kind of talking about, we've been wanting to do this, I think over, over a year now, is this like bring up some like M. Night Shyamalan movies. And, oh, yeah. Uh, you know what? I think he's like, because you know what I was thinking when I was, was kind of going off about Wes Craven about how he creates like a basically a, a like almost like a universe. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan's very talented at that as well where he really draws you in i'm thinking the village and you know he, he creates these and even signs like he picks the perfect setting to really immerse you in you know in his uh his, his world essentially right so like signs i i would think is like eh, maybe not a horror movie but a thriller and village is like a horror movie but didn't uh, so I, I think it's worth you know at least bringing him up and you know our intention i don't think we've ever put it on the airwaves that we yeah. want to do some uh because he's like an interesting very polarizing filmmaker and i know like you myself and glenn all you know have some uh like varying opinions on him and we both see kind of both sides of it like you know what i mean like we we have our um you know, I guess, again, the pros and cons of, of uh, some of his movies and all that. So we definitely like to get into some of his filmmaking. Because I think he's an extremely talented guy. But uh, there's definitely some, he has, you know, shortcomings when he takes on that many different, he wears that many hats, right? Like very, very few people can pull off the full scope of what he pulls off as far as being like the man behind the camera, the writer, you know, acting in the movie, like everything, right? Yeah, I, I completely agree. And he has a lot of... Uh... Uh, I guess variety in the projects he takes on, even if they don't necessarily pan out, like you almost see that he tried. I, I don't know. Like uh, it, w one of the ones that probably would have made it, like I, I know you're saying signs, but I, I was thinking like maybe more so the sixth sense probably would have been a good one for sure. Yeah, uh, no, good call, movies, actually. just yeah. on the like, no, you're absolutely visuals. Right. Yeah. Uh, and but there's also, sorry, uh, there's also a new one called uh, The Visit that is also a found footage movie uh, similar to Blair Witch Project and Paranormal Activity about like uh, a pair of kids going to see their grandparents and then slowly realizing like, oh, these aren't our grandparents. Like we've never met them before. Oh, nice. And oh, God, it's so freaking unsettling. But uh, what were you going to say? I was going to say the other, there's another one too. I think, it, is it called Devil? Where like, 
Oh, the elevator one? The elevator one. Yeah, yeah. I remember I watched that before one Halloween and was like, it was a one watcher. Like, I don't, I would, I wouldn't go back and watch it again, but you know, for what it was, I thought it was like, uh, it's not unlike, you know, the thing in a sense, right? It's like the, there's, you know, people in a confined area, but like an extremely confined area, right? And yeah. So, uh, but that, no, for sure. Um, yeah, I guess that was the one that kind of stood out in my mind as well. But so yeah. the visit, well, when did that one come out? I haven't even heard uh, of that. That that one I think is from like 2011 or 2012. Really, really. Yeah, this is this is after he was put in like movie jail after uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender, that oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. remake of or that adaptation of that cartoon. Right. Uh, he he kind of just did like a smaller movie, and uh, then I guess like that's when he started picking up steam again with uh split and uh most recently that glass movie i don't know if you checked that out yet but not yet no um, i heard it there, was really there'll good, there'll be time when we do a deeper dive on m night Shyamalan. we'll probably do it like movie by movie to yeah actually have a good discussion i think that will be like an m night Shyamalan book club or movie club yeah i think that would make a good series but without further ado i think we should get into the uh topic the topic du jour, the topic yes. of the day. So uh, it's just a question for you because I'm, I'm, I'm seeing, you know, like our timeline here. So we're 17 minutes in. Should we do this as a, like a mini preamble episode and then just quickly, quickly run through the, uh, the bracket again? Or should we just like make this one big mother episode? Let's make this one big mother. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. Let's do it. Okay, but we'll, we'll, right we'll be quick. We'll, yeah. we'll okay. no more getting off track. Okay, ready? <laughs> yes, we're good. We're good. Let's do it. All right, all right. Dawn of the Dead versus It. Okay, so these are both uh, the original movies. Uh, uh, both of these have been remade to, uh, I guess, moderate success. Uh, for those, who, I, I'll, I can give you a quick breakdown of which one do you want to break down, and I'll break down the other one. <laughs> um. Ooh, man. Uh, I got more. I guess more skin in the game for It. Okay, I'll, yeah. I'll talk about Dawn of the Dead. So sure. Dawn of the Dead is the uh, follow-up to Night of the Living Dead. Uh, it's uh, like George A. Romero's, I guess, uh, standout uh, movie out of his uh, Of the Dead series. It's uh, one of the like most iconic uh, zombie films. It takes place uh, in a shopping mall and... It's, I guess, more so about like consumerism and uh, uh, how society has become like zombified towards uh, like products and uh, the whole experience of shopping. And it, uh, I'd argue, it, it, it's uh, <laughs> it holds up like um, in terms of like practical effects, but uh, the plot it doesn't uh it is like one of the first like major zombie movies but as far as like its contemporaries go uh like i don't know if it quite holds a candle to modern zombie films uh but we can explore that uh later uh maybe you should get into what the uh made for tv movie it is about yeah oh it was a made for tv movie Yes, it was. It was a two-parter. Yeah, you're right, actually. Okay, because, yeah, yeah, it's funny to mention that because, like, that is my story of of seeing it was, like, seeing it was, was, yeah, was seeing it on TV. So, like, it it was one of those deals where I think I was, like, 16 years old and I was actually, like, home alone 
and it was uh, yeah sure enough it was on tv and i remember it was like uh, it was probably pretty close to halloween i remember it was like in the season where it gets dark quite early because I, I remember starting it like you know, early enough, like six or seven at night that I was like, ah, whatever. Like, even if it's like super scary, it'll be out of my head by the time I go to bed. And yeah, I got like halfway through the movie and it was like, even with the commercial breaks and everything, I was like super, I don't know, man. It's, it really had a, a, a big effect on me. And like, I, it was, you know, when you get the kind of the heebie jeebies when you're walking around your house and you just kind of have the, like the, the hair on the back of your neck stands up and that kind of stuff. I, w I was getting that and, you know, the feeling that usually you're, it's reserved for when you're like an eight year old and you like run up the stairs and you feel like something's like on your, you know, on your heels kind of thing. But I was getting that. And I was like, you know, 16. So, uh, yeah, the movie like freaked me out. I thought the, the, what's the guy's name that uh, played Pennywise? Is it something Curry, Steve Curry? Oh, um, oh God, is it? Is that the guy that's from like Rocky? Tim Horror? Curry. Tim Curry. Is he the guy from Rocky Horror Picture Show? Yeah, yeah. Same guy. Just his <laughs> yeah. voice and just the uh, the the uh kind of like low budget appearance of him and even like the beginning when he's in the sewer that oh, that opening iconic scene where he's like in the sewer and like tears the kid's arm off and just all the, like the, I guess the first half of the movie for me is just like with all the I remember the um the scene where the kids in the shower and all of a sudden the shower heads start coming out of the wall and have these like extendo arms and are kind of like chasing them around the shower and and the red balloon of course and it just kind of the low budget nature like really loans itself to the uh the story itself and I think it kind of like the second half didn't do it as as much for me just when they're like there's like the kids are older and there's like adult and they have to go you know, band together to go find this thing. And it's like, by that point, the, the special effects are kind of, you know, shitty at that, in that year. And so by the end, it's kind of it loses you a little bit, but um, just on the strength of the first half, I totally forgot that it was a made for TV movie. I was going to mention that I saw it on TV. So, uh, you know, that totally makes sense, I guess. But um, yeah, yeah, holy crap. Like um, even to this day, like that's, uh, I guess the whole premise of, of the scary clown to me anyways originated with this movie and like there's been a whole it set off this whole like sub culture of you know there's even to this day there's like people that walk around the forest in a clown outfit by themselves just to like on the off <laughs> chance they can scare people and there's just like yeah. weird stuff like that in clown phobia that never really was a thing i think a lot of it came from this particular oh it 100 right? comes so. from this it's it i don't i don't know if a uh, killer clowns from outer space uh is that a real movie? It is. I always it feel is. like when I say it out loud, it doesn't sound like a real movie. No, it's totally an, a, a movie. I, I think that came out before the made-for-TV movie. And obviously the book came out before the movie, but I, I think this is like the uh, cultural touchstone of when people started getting really freaked out about clowns. Completely. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I can't remember if we just, just a quick little, oh yeah, we, I think we did talk about, did you end up watching Terrorizer, which is kind of the new, oh no, I, no, I haven't, okay. I haven't had a chance to yet. Yeah. Anybody that hasn't watched it, it is on Netflix and it's like, it's amazing. The guy that plays, I forget the, the clown's name It's something like Doug the clown or something like that. It's like kind of unassuming and not that scary. Uh, but yeah. um, but the guy that plays the clown and it's just like amazing and yeah he definitely like kind of stands on the shoulders of of this this movie obviously. Yeah, uh, I I really don't want to discredit Dawn of the Dead for what it like started. Totally, uh, totally. But if I was going to gush about anything. That's why I felt a little forced trying to talk about Donna did it. There was a time and place when I absolutely loved this movie. Like 
especially when the zombie uh, fad came back. And there were a lot of game, video games about zombies, like Dead Rising and Left 4 Dead. Yep. And yep. Um, the whole idea of like being in an entire shopping mall and having like access to all the goods in there while being holed up during the apocalypse sounds like a dream scenario, I guess, like a dream post-apocalyptic scenario where you can do whatever you want with all the items in the mall and get to just chop off zombies heads. Like it just sounds like a fun time, but uh, as a concept, it's great as a movie itself. I get kind of bored when I watch it now. Okay. Like it doesn't hold up as well. Right? No, in my opinion, people can feel free to disagree with me, but uh, it's, as far as of the dead movies, I think Day of the Dead is actually better. Uh, what year is that it, one again? Oh, Day of the Dead. It, I think I think it's only a few years after Dawn of the Dead. Like oh, I can't okay. quite remember the uh, timeline. That's the one where they're living in an underground uh, facility and right. they're trying to like make steps to reclaim the Earth. So they're trying to train zombies to be more like humans. And there's a uh, a zombie who they've semi-trained to start acting slightly human. I forget his name, but he's absolutely wonderful. Uh, and then after Day of the Dead is where the series starts to fall apart with like uh, Land of the Dead, Diary of the Dead, uh, all sorts of junk after that one. And There was one uh, that I want to say in like, I want to say it was like around 2008 or 2010 yeah, that wasn't too bad. It kind of cleansed the palate of all like kind of the shitty ones. I I, I kind of forget what which one it was, or maybe it was just the remake. I'm not sure, but um, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to the, kind of drawing a blank on it, but the remake's not bad. The remake's um, uh, actually, I'd say the remake's maybe better. The only thing that bothers me is like uh, in this one, the zombies are like runners, like they could right. run, right. so like yeah. they're they're that much more deadly. Whereas there was something fun about like, oh, these zombies are lumbering idiots, but they eventually always get somebody like it's it's everybody. It's someone's own downfall. If they get killed by a slow lumbering zombie. Yeah. Whereas like uh, with the fast ones, it's just like, man, they are like predators and you can't outrun those guys. Totally. Uh, yeah. What was so the, the, um, was it the first like ones where the first zombie movie that I recall where they were like. Almost, yeah, superhuman as far as like they were, yeah, runners and all that was like 28 days later. Does that sound right? Yeah, that, yeah. that was the start of the running zombie fad. Right. And I Like my opinion is, I, yeah, I prefer my slow lumbering zombies because I, I, I feel it just, it just, uh, it's always, uh, your own work. The real enemy is yourself. Like if you can't outlive uh, or live in that world like you're unless like you're absolutely getting ganged up on but like again yeah. that probably boils down to your poor decision making right yeah so uh so with all that being said though i'm gonna go with it okay. and i know you talked at length about your experience with it so i i, I won't take too long but uh it's uh it's yeah uh Similar to you, I really like the first half of it with the the kids. I think the kid actors are great. Seth Green is among them, right? And uh, I think it it was one of the first one. It's one of the few horror movies I can recall that has to do with uh, the exploitation of uh, 
or not exploitation, but like children being vulnerable and being like terrorized by a, yeah, by a force of uh, some kind. Yeah, yeah. and uh, when you're watching it as a kid, like that, that's that plays into your own fears of like, oh, I could easily just just as easily be one of those kids, and like none of the adults seem to care. Right, and that's right. probably one of the most uh, uh, harsh things. Uh, sorry, is your is your cat throwing up in the background? Or no, something? it's uh, my dogs have uh, soup bones, so they're uh, chewing on a on a. Oh, soup bone. okay. I thought like a cat was like having a hairball. I was no, trying to talk no. about it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's all good. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'll just I'll just leave it at that. I, I really like Pennywise uh, or uh, Tim Curry's portrayal of Pennywise. Uh, my favorite scene is when Jeff Foxworthy is in the uh, in the library and Pennywise has these balloons that like blow up and they instantly splatter blood everywhere. But Jeff Foxworthy is the only one who notices. Yeah, and can yeah. see Pennywise. Like that's just that's just a really good scene. For uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm guessing you're going with it as well, right? You're not going to pull the rug from underneath me and say Dawn of the Dead? <laughs> no, I, yeah, I'm going to go with it, but I just a quick little thing about, I guess, why Dawn of the Dead is uh, is in here. I think we've more or less touched on it, but just again, I, the, uh, we had to have a zombie movie in here. And I think this one especially, yeah, like you say, with the subtext of the whole like consumer analysis, consumer, uh, I guess culture comparison or analogy they used, I thought was great. Yeah, exactly. The use of the mall, like such a great idea to kind of use like a closed setting. Um, yeah, exactly. The, the sort of the bumbling nature of the zombies, uh, is it as watchable now? Not necessarily, but I mean, it's, uh, what it brought to the table and sort of what it spawned, I guess was, uh, was worth and just the filmmaker himself like you say there's like there's just a lot of stinkers in there but what he has brought to the horror genre specifically the sub-genre of like zombie movies is like you know had to have an entry on here for sure so but uh yeah, yeah. no I'm, I'm definitely going with it as well yeah i i also want to say that uh most of the scenes are like filmed during the night because it's like an actual mall that they're filming in and uh the mall was like open i believe during the day and oh, every okay. night they were able to like film. I, I that's think cool. that's right. Uh, but just interesting that it wasn't like actually, it wasn't like filmed on a soundstage or anything like that. It's just legit was a mall. A legit cool. mall. Yeah. That's really cool. I wonder like if that's even, yeah, that would have been, seems like it would have been so hard to have got, I mean, back in the day though, it's like, it was so different for like filming on location and stuff like that. Right. So, but yeah. uh, I wonder what mall it was. It was kind of a trivia question, I guess. Like where the hell did they actually film this? But um, yeah yeah interesting we could maybe google it at some point put it in the the footnotes of the uh of the episode yeah. all right so it uh beats out dawn of the dead in the first round of uh the right side of the bracket now now we get into the the most difficult one uh <laughs> the shining versus alien yes. oh boy yes uh oh it's like trying to pick your favorite child for sure. Uh, well, this one is like, especially like Alien is kind of the only, I guess, sci-fi crossover in here. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess the, the thing is to a degree as well. But um, this one is like, I, some people may argue that it's this, or no, that's more of, you know, science fiction. But I, I, I don't know. Like this one was much closer to like a, like a kind of a traditional horror movie if you really. And it has like the, obviously the sci-fi element. Uh, very strongly in it but uh, uh yeah i think i definitely think it's it's uh, of of horror uh, variety for sure 
Yeah, uh, it it's uh, I guess the only uh, movie in the franchise that's considered a horror movie because the rest of them are either like actions, action drama, comedy kind of Alien Resurrection, right, Un- maybe right. unintentional comedy, but right. I think they were actually going for with that basketball scene like that. I think that oh, I think they know what they were doing. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. It's a little cheek. And even Aliens, yeah. by the time the sequel hit, it was like very much like a action movie, you know, with yeah. act- action movie with aliens, right? But yeah, they're just like tearing through those xenomorphs like yeah. butter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, whereas, like in this one, it's it's just one alien, and it and they aren't mercenaries. They're all just like, uh, they're just a. a are they a mining crew? A mining slash shipping crew? Yeah, that like sounds right. A yeah. group of engineers, I guess. Yeah, it's more so a group of engineers than an actual. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and one android. Right. Uh, right. And I, th- I think like how ill-equipped this group of people is to fight this uh, uh, menace is probably one of the. Uh, I guess the most relatable things about this movie, what makes it so terrifying is like, oh, these people are just like, they aren't like superheroes. They, they can't fight this thing. It's like picking them off one by one. And I, it is my favorite. I, I've said in the past, like it is my favorite out of the alien series. Uh, but man, putting it against the shining, like I can't, <sighs> So I've I've touched on like relatability and trying to be like when it comes to being scared. Uh, both of these play if like the fact that they're isolated, kind of similar to the thing. Uh, but I'd say The Shining is probably the scarier of the two. I don't know. How do you feel about that? Yeah. I think I, 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 there's a lot of like sort of, I guess, comparisons. Like they both kind of have a slow burn to them and they kind of unravel and they have, you know, a few twists and, and so forth. And yeah, definitely like psychological uh, thriller. Well, the alien has a more of a, I guess, more of a visual payoff uh, towards the end with, you know, with the face hugger and, and that sort of thing where it kind of like creeps you out that way where, you know, uh, it, it remains sort of a uh, mental game almost in The Shining. Don't get me wrong. I mean, obviously, there's some visuals in The Shining that are unsettling and so forth by the end, but you get kind of get the impression there's like a mix of like a supernatural slide. You know what I mean? It's just, it's different, right? By the, by the time they kind of like climax, there obviously there's not too much for parallels that way, but just in the way they're kind of both slow burns and it's very psychological and, and that sort of thing, I guess, similarities that way and kind of cross genre where like The Shining is like, you know, a bit of a, you know, thriller, I guess, as well, or, you know what I mean? Like, it's a, still, I guess, a horror movie, but not necessarily a traditional horror movie where there isn't, like, you know, the, uh, I guess, you know, Jack Nicholson essentially becomes a monster by the end, I guess, but uh, but there isn't, like, you know what I mean? It is not like a Mike Myers, the traditional sense of that way, uh, where, and, you know, Alien definitely has, like, sort of a, uh, you know, of the Alien itself gets pretty, pretty scary by the end, pretty frightening as far as the visual goes. Um... Yeah, this one definitely was is is a challenging for me, but um, I think The Shining is is it's in like, out, like, 
top top 10 certainly maybe even higher like i dare say even like top five movies for me like for me this is like uh like i watch it every year at least once and it's usually during winter time because it's just something i can really relate to obviously and and uh there's so much that's come of it that's like influenced me in different ways like the soundtrack the use of music in the movie uh i knew i mean we had that one episode there's like that one documentary and all the different like um underlying and subtext and subliminal messaging in the movie so to me that's always been like i've always liked to that sort of style where there's like layers that you don't necessarily identify right away and you you know what i mean it's like it's a movie but then the more you look into it or unpack it there's like almost like a second movie almost within it kind of thing so i've always liked dense layering in just art in general so and like it's kind of stanley kubrick i've always liked kind of the idea of stanley kubrick more than the actual like i guess execution of his like some of his (laughs) movies are pretty unwatchable but by the same token i think just the legend of him he's kind of like the ernest hemingway where like i almost like the idea better than the actual you know what i mean like there's something to him that just draws me to him but then when i actually sort of like watch i guess it's more the story or the legend of the man that that is more of a draw for me than some of his actual like body of work i suppose if that makes sense so i yeah for me like the shining is like a super heavyweight so as as great as alien is and what alien meant to so many like i mean what the franchise that it created we were talking about freddie and jason in last episode but what alien has led to is just just crazy like you know not quite onto like a star wars level but like you know like like a second tier just below like a star wars right like alien the franchise and the crossover with predator and everything has just been enormous uh, for like, you know, fan following and just money drawn and, you know, capturing people's imaginations. So like these are two, it's like, you're absolutely right. This is like two super heavyweights fighting, but uh, I'm going to go with The Shining, honestly. Uh, I I want to touch on one thing before I, I say my pick that uh, the, uh, aside from the isolation aspect uh, between these two movies, another thing that both of these movies do really well is mapping out like the setting that they're in. Totally. Like, you yeah, get a call. really you get a really good feel for what the Overlook Hotel's layout is as well as the layout of the Nostromo in Alien. Like the the multiple like levels like the verticality of both these uh uh settings is like it, it's really amazing that they're able to keep it keep it like spatially consistent like I'd say more so to the uh, strength of the Nostromo, whereas like later, um, like Alien Resurrection, where it feels like they're like just going any, like you have no idea how big this ship is. It feels like they're wander, aiming wander, sorry, wanderless. Oh my god, I can't say this. <laughs> aimlessly wandering, around, wandrously uh, aiming. Yeah, yes. <laughs> bit of uh, dyslexia there. Yeah. Uh, uh, around like a massive ship, whereas like in the Nostromo, they're able to like keep it confined to uh, I think however many levels. Like I think it's only four levels, and then the ventilation system. Uh, how they're able to keep that and uh, Rip- Ripley's relationship relation to uh, the uh, xenomorph, like uh, especially when she has that. Uh, I think. 
Am I getting mixed up with like the game where there's a little like radar that she has where she's able to tell how nope. close that is? That's or in the movie. is that like That's in okay. the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while since I've seen Alien. Where is the Shining? I think I just saw like last year, so right. uh, I, it's a little fresher in my mind, but uh that all being said, like I absolutely love Alien. We've talked about it before. Uh we talked about like the Alien franchise, we talked about Alien versus Predator, we talked about Predator. Uh, has a lasting legacy. It is kind of like one of the like B tier movie franchises. Franchises, I guess that. Uh, e, uh, oh, there's no Star Wars playing in theaters. Uh, I guess we'll go see Alien or something like that. Like yeah. it's, it feels like it. It feels like a stopgap between good movie franchises. <laughs> I'm not, I. I, I I, I'm only saying that because the quality of Alien movies has like gone down significantly after Aliens. Some might argue Alien Three is the the last good Alien movie. Uh, I'd probably say it's Aliens, but uh, yeah, yeah, I would tend to agree with you actually. Yeah, uh, and I have said said before that I really love Alien Resurrection, but that's more just because it's so campy. Right. So without further ado. Uh, I am going to go with The Shining as well. I'm going Ooh. to agree with you on that. Wow. Uh, I I also want to say, uh, I don't know if you've seen the sequel yet, Doctor Sleep. Not yet. No, I have not. Uh, I don't know what the reception is, like how people feel about that movie like now that we've gotten further away from it. But I'd say it's a pr- like if you want to do a follow-up to a really old movie, that's the way to do it. Like, it almost has it has very little to do with the 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 shining itself. It's it's about Danny Torrance being an adult and trying to grip with uh, the events of the shining. But like, he's being chased by like a group of vampires across the country. So uh, it's it's very weird and. I, I'm I'm there for it. I, I think uh, I think it's a really good uh, follow up to The Shining. It's not nowhere near as good, but it tries to be its own thing, and for that I respect it. Nice, yeah. That's no, I uh, I I yeah. I'm definitely interested to see that. I I definitely want to see again. I don't know if it's still on Netflix. Is like the for anybody that doesn't know about it. Uh, is it called Room Two Three One? The sort of the documentary on the making and sort of the uh, oh, the hidden uh, subtext of the movie The Shining. Uh, it's Room Two Thirty Seven. Two Thirty Seven. That's okay. I think. Yeah. I remember we did. Uh, it was. It's such a cool. Um, it's kind of one of those things like the. Uh, uh, I don't know how much. Like some of it's how valid all of it is because there is a lot of sort of speculation, conspiracy theory kind of stuff around it. But yeah. it does. Uh, it's pretty crazy though. Like if some of that and and it goes like right into I, I don't know. I mean, we go out into the weeds a little bit here, but like the whole you know Stanley Kubrick uh, doing the the mo- faking the moon landing <laughs> or, or being responsible for the moon landing and basically admission of of doing that in through the movie The Shining so that that kind of gives you a little glimpse into how freaking down the rabbit hole this documentary can go and the sort of the sub dealing with the subtext and sort of hidden messages and meanings in uh, in the movie The Shining. So yeah. um super cool. I I know obviously we've done a show so every time we've kind of done a show on movies we kind of obviously omit a lot of the, the detail just because like, for us personally it's kind of like material we've already had a fairly extensive uh, conversation about and i mean 
I think everybody kind of gets, you know, we don't need to necessarily go too far into like the, the greatest hits of the movie, like the whole here's Johnny and, you know, Jack Nicholson's performance and all that. But, um, you know, kind of speaks for itself. And I think everybody knows where, where we, we, we would be going if we went into that subject matter. But uh, I'm yeah, I'm kind of yeah. a little bit surprised you picked it. I thought for sure it was going to be a coin flipper on this one. But uh, I yeah, I, I thought like as far as like traditional horror movies go, like The Shining, uh is pretty terrifying whereas like i guess like alien it's like oh cool look it's a xenomorph i don't know <laughs> it just yeah it's it's a level of fear is kind of worn off on me but it is a very uh tense movie like i said ill-equipped people trying to fight uh, an unstoppable force yeah yeah, fits sure. with the slasher genre so and it, and like you said and to your point the uh, the isolation like the you're you are there's nowhere to go you are on a in in a confined area with this thing too right so yeah i guess that's oh god that is interesting because yeah n- neither of them can escape the the overlook hotel yeah uh, right. or the nostrovo I think a lot of, and that's why I say like the psychological, like what's, what's, uh, you know, more scary than, than the human mind in a lot of ways, right? Like it's, uh, I, I kind of like that whole, uh, idea of, of, of the horror genre in general. It's like your mind playing tricks on you and, and the self doubt and, and the, uh, you know what I mean? I just, I've always been drawn to that, you know, side of, 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 uh, films and, and this particular genre, I guess. Yeah. The the well, the theater of the mind, as they say. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Uh, so let's move on to the next uh, next round. Okay. We we got uh, what we dubbed the not the original, but the uh, I don't know the the gasoline on the little flame that started from uh, Psycho uh, uh, for slasher movies, I guess. Yeah. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre the uh yeah versus the exorcist which is i think dubbed like the first uh truly terrifying movie yeah kind of the the haunting or poltergeist sort of uh genre, you know subgenre of horror movies right like there's a haunting yeah. or yeah for sure yeah uh so oh this round i don't have a lot to say I have seen both of these movies. Uh, I what can I say about? How do you feel about Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Because so okay, uh, I want to say like uh, I'm going to come from a spot, a perspective on both of these movies as uh, like a like when I was young, like too young to watch them. So the feeling that yeah. I got from both of them, and then the actual like this the flip side where I did end up watching them when I was like in my early twenties. So. When I was okay. younger, both of them had like a, uh, you know, that kind of a, like almost like a, like a, such a creepy vibe just to see, just to know what, what the idea of the movie was and see the actual like cover of the VHS in the movie store. It was, oh, su- yeah. it was such a thing I wouldn't even touch. Like, you know, yeah. when you touch the cover, like I wouldn't flip it over. You know, it took me a long time to be able to actually flip it over and see even, you know, the, the couple stills that they have on the back and, and read kind of what it was all about. Like, it was enough to 
freak me out to think that it was like evil beyond it's it was almost like you know <laughs> guessing as to why like humans would even like make a movie about that kind of subject matter it was like yeah that's what was kind of going through my head so both of these ones were kind of like no fly zone off limits movies <laughs> to me for a very long time and i, I, and I, I remember I, um the the uh my family history with the movie uh the exorcist was that my mom and dad rented it I think either before I was born or when I was like too young, I was obviously like well, well, uh, since put to bed when they started watching it, and it was it disturbed my dad so much that it was it's to this day it's the only movie that he had ever like stopped watching. Like he's even a crappy movie. We used to watch some crappy action movies. Uh, that was like my dad, me and my dad's thing, and we'd always watch it to the end because we're like, well, we paid four bucks, like we got to like see. You know, it was <laughs> it's the only movie that he's ever uh, like turned off because he was just like so kind of mortified slash kind of yeah he just it was it was it had such an impact on him that he actually turned it off and didn't rewind it and just brought it back to the video store so i had that kind of in my head about it as well so i had this like very lofty expectations for both uh for different reasons i know exorcist was um almost like i think the realism or the fact that it was based uh, off of a true story and and um i i just there was this sort of uh i guess like like air around it or like you know what i mean that was this uh it was always kind of the white whale of the okay if if you want to be like actually scared and like you know for days like watch this so i put that one off for a long time where texas chainsaw massacre for me was it was like the 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 uber violent over the top like it always had that um i guess like uh perception or persona that it had been like it's the movie that got taken out of certain movie theaters because it was too violent right so and granted that was 1974 so i was just like man this has got to be some disturbing like a disturbing in a different way like just the um again they're both dealing with sort of the depths of uh like the one's kind of more supernatural or this one is like how fucked up humans can get right and to, to to be doing this kind of stuff to each other so yeah so fast forward to like early 20s i kind of watched them both in the same kind of time frame i think i was <clears throat> living in calgary and and uh, me and my buddies were all living in a house together so we started renting all these like halloween movies around halloween all like the okay well the kind of what we're doing here like the top of the top notch what are the, the most scary movies of all time and let's just rent a bunch of them and, and watch them and yada yada so texas chainsaw massacre uh definitely disturbed me but um it was kind of in like that rob zombie way where it's like I actually thought it was it was it was well done and it uh um yeah it was violent and all that but like I don't know it didn't uh it didn't have quite the I think the idea of it scared me more than the actual like movie itself um but definitely liked it and I I just love the uh man it's been copied or imitated so much as far as just the the backwoods hillbillies that uh you know you take a wrong turn you get a flat tire at the wrong time like man has it ever been that whole idea has it ever been like copied to death like it's just such a you know, and when you're on a road trip, it's always in the back of your head too, right? So it's, uh, it's it's gotten into like this, you know, the subconscious of like, you know, everybody, I guess, in a way, right? And everybody that I know. So I, I got a lot of respect for that side of it. Uh, the Exorcist disappointed me uh, in the sense that I wasn't really scared. It was it was disturbing to watch, but I didn't really get scared. I was just, um, I found it to be actually kind of like, like a hard watch just because it was just like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. I, I wasn't scared as I was this kind of like, it was a little bit unsettling, but it wasn't that like, Ooh, I'm not going to sleep tonight unsettling. It was just kind of like, wow, like what the hell am I watching here? Like why, how did this film actually get made? It was, it was not what I was expecting it to be. 
Uh, I was kind of like almost like frustrated to watch it frustrated slash disturbed if that makes any sense um, I didn't find it uh, it was a, it was a very challenging watch and to get through it all and there was a couple of yeah like standout scenes and all that um, and then I, I I wanted to look more into why I felt that way and there is a ton of just really creepy stuff that actually happened on the set of the movie uh, you know, a person died. Uh, there was like, you know, uh, scenes, I guess, in the bedroom where uh, the temperature would would lower, like, you know, independent of any of the filmmakers. Like it was obviously they were kind of tapping into something actually supernatural. And I guess it really screwed up the uh, the actress that uh, played the, uh, you know, the role of the person that was uh, possessed. Like apparently she was pretty screwed up for a very long time after that. So just that side of it is... Um, disturbing but in a different way i'm just kind of like man this it's i don't know i not a big fan of the movie to be honest with you i i i totally get i guess what it's uh you know what flag it raised and all that kind of thing but um yeah i i was disappointed and kind of like it kind of made me like almost angry slash frustrated uh to watch it so exorcist was uh not at all what i expected it to be Okay. That's uh, that's mine. I guess if I were to pick that's right your... now, um, Texas I... Chainsaw. Yeah, I go with Texas Chainsaw. Yeah. Yeah. So you brought up an interesting point uh, about these movies, and I think this is one of the few examples for well, maybe Friday the Thirteenth and Nightmare on Elm Street as well. But uh, when it came to uh, horror movies, when you were a kid, I. Uh, the mysticism that's built up around these movies when uh, you're like hearing the, from them from your peers, like this is before the internet, like you, you you build these horror movies up in your head as like the most terrifying thing. Like like as you said, like you'd be afraid to flip the cover over at the video store because you're like, who, what would possess a person to make such a terrifying piece of work? And especially when you're a kid, like your only access to these movies is either uh, through a video store. And for me, like I, I couldn't rent those because a, I had no money and B my parents would have to rent them for me. And I doubt they would take out Texas Chainsaw Massacre for me, or you'd have to catch them really late on uh, TV. So uh, both of these movies, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the exorcist as I said, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, maybe a few others like uh, Candyman and uh, uh, Child's Play, like Chucky, were really built up uh, in my head as a child uh, of being like these absolutely terrifying works. Like I'd hear about people who wouldn't be able to ever sleep again after watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre or, or uh, Child's Play. And uh I saw both of these movies, though, not until I was, like, an adult. Like, I rented them as an adult. And uh, uh, The Exorcist, I agree with you, it has a lot of uh, unsettling, like, air about it, like, with uh, the stuff that happened on set, uh, the history of it, like, playing in theaters and people getting sick uh, while watching it. Like, its legacy is... Uh, is really what it like stands on. I think as a movie itself, like, yeah, there's the girl's pretty creepy. And, uh, the scenes where I guess she's vomiting, like that's kind of corny or when she does that 
really fast backwards walk down the stairs yeah. like on her uh on her on her hands and feet that was the, uh, the best part in my and it was like a one second really? scene yeah yeah that was like oh, I was that's like, the, that's the best part so the best to part me. for me is when the priest gets thrown out the window and he like falls down all those stairs and like someone tries to go up and like help him uh but like he is like he is like mangled like he can't even talk like he just squeezes the other guy's hand and like his blood is like dripping out of it like ev- everywhere like yeah uh, I I really like that scene because it's just like man that guy is like he's done <laughs> like, yeah 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 uh, so uh, but man I don't know Texas Chainsaw Massacre like uh, it did predate Halloween uh, a lot of it takes place during the daytime which is interesting uh, and the whole like getting stranded in the uh in the middle of nowhere on a road trip or uh at the very beginning of the movie they actually pick up a hitchhiker and the whole the <laughs> idea of picking up a hitchhiker seems kind of cool at the at the onset and then we realize really quickly that he's like not cool at all and having to kick him out yeah uh that's that's a little freaky uh i think I guess this would have been like the first like group of uh, ragtag teenagers. Uh, uh, like, it, I guess it kind of, I don't know, set that kind of. I guess it's a lot. It's very similar to Halloween, but it's not at the same time. Like, it's its own kind of thing. Yeah, and it's based on like uh, uh, real events with like Ed Gein which I guess like almost any horror movie that takes place uh, in the middle of nowhere about somebody who is like using human uh, uh, body parts or skin uh, is loosely based on Ed Gein, kind of like Silence of the Lambs with Buffalo Bill. Uh, I don't know. I, I can go either way with this one. I'd almost want to just go with Texas Chainsaw Massacre just so we don't need to talk about The Exorcist again. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, uh, in case the coin flip wins. Uh, right, but really, right. that, that's all I have to say about either of those movies. I'm not really attached to either of them. Do you have anything else to uh, to say? There was actually, okay, so one scene uh, that I kind of forgot to mention that I do like that was particularly uh, creepy in Texas Chainsaw Massacre is where they're forced to kind of sit around the dinner table and sort of yeah. interact with the whole group. I thought that one, that scene was like incredibly unsettling and just well done and everything. I thought that was cool. And they you know, the group is trying to kind of show the fact that they kind of have this weird dysfunctional family, but within the family, they do have, you know, rules and rankings and that kind of stuff. So I thought that was kind of neat. Um, and then, yeah, I just, I was just looking at, cause I brought them up on wiki, uh, kind of interesting, uh, a comparison, I guess they were, so Exorcist was 1973, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was 74. Um, so Texas Chainsaw Massacre ended up getting $30 million at the box office where Exorcist got a colossal $441 million. So you can kind of see where I didn't think there was going to be that ginormous of a gap, but that's pretty crazy. Wow. And there is an enormous amount of like awards and, and uh, critical acclaim that Exorcist appears to have over, you know, over the years and all that. But um, yeah, no, I just can't, uh, I guess just can't get behind it. So I'm glad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah I'm it's, glad they both are in this in the bracket, but um, yeah, 
it's 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 interesting it's like you said it has a lot of critical acclaim i bet if you look up any top horror movie list yep exorcist is always number one guaranteed yeah with number one with a bullet yeah but i just am so tired of the exorcist same here yeah uh it's it it's almost gotten to be like i hope i come around on it like sometime at some point in my life and try to uh appreciate it for what it is again but like the whole fervor about it like everybody says it's oh it's the best movie of all time or best horror movie of all time it's just i'm just so done with it and uh yeah i think i'm gonna go to texas chainsaw massacre i haven't really made, made much of an argument for it but i do like that uh dinner table scene as well with uh, i think it's the father the hitchhiker that they picked up and of course the iconic leather face who is yeah. the like uh uh, and how do you even describe him? He's just like almost, almost like a, like a the the bumbling sort of child or something of the group as far as like maybe intelligence level, but yeah, but just like this man child almost in a sense, like it, it almost like uh, like with with what we know now about like how uh, uh, it might it might be seen as like offensive. That that's the only like one caveat I have to pick in Texas Chainsaw, like how, uh, uh, how like somebody who is like mentally underdeveloped can be viewed as like a villain. But I think in with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, he was like purposely raised that way. Like it wasn't the result of any sort of um, uh, biology behind it. It was just like he was raised to be like this monstrous like killer totally yeah uh, uh so yeah uh yeah i i think i'm gonna go with texas chainsaw that's all i really have to okay yeah we can yeah. Uh, we, we can put a wrap on that one i guess so there'll be a little bit more to talk talk on texas uh chainsaw because it kind of made it through there but um yeah for sure no let's uh uh i'm i'm more than happy to uh even talking about the exorcist uh, and it does, it speaks to what we were talking about, this effect on people, even just like remembering watching it and kind of what it meant to, to me growing up and all that is like, kind of made me like my, my mood, you know, change. So I mean, I guess it speaks to that, the, what the movie can do that way, but uh, I'm, I'll be glad to uh, put it in her rear view mirror here. So mm-hmm. I, uh, I will add like one more thing to the exorcist. Uh, I feel that the, the omen has like a very similar fervor about it and i like the omen a lot better so i hmm. i haven't uh, seen that one actually oh really okay that that's a that's another recommendation for you then i, I sure. really like the omen okay uh, cool, cool yeah okay so last uh, bracket on the right side the found footage bracket yes <laughs> Uh, Blair Witch versus the or the Blair Witch Project versus Paranormal Activity. Okay, I feel that there's a very obvious winner out of these two. That I should just, uh, but I I think we should just try to explore it, and give give Paranormal Activity a chance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I love found footage horror movies. Uh, I love found footage movies in general, like. As far as like sub sub genres go, I think I've said uh, in the past that uh, 
I really like time loop movies. I feel that yep. time loop movies and found footage movies are like these sub 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 genre of film uh, that v- very rarely get explored. Like I think there's only like I think you can count on two hands how many time loop movies there are, and uh, maybe just because. Uh, found footage movies are so much cheaper to make nowadays with how cheap cameras can get uh, that uh, uh, there's a lot more found footage movies now, but I think Blair Witch Project was the first. Uh, and <laughs> compared to Feral Activity, I think both of these are kind of framed as, uh, as, as real events. Like, oh, this is like the found footage is usually is it's like framed as like, Oh, we found this, uh, at the crime scene of where this all took place. Uh, and I'd say for a little while there, I actually thought Blair Witch project was real because there's nothing, there's nothing in there to make you think it isn't real. Well, exactly. And this is kind of like, I mean, internet was probably around by that point, but it wasn't uh, even remotely in the same ballpark as like the prominence of internet nowadays. So yeah, there was a, a degree of mystery behind Blair Witch Project. You're right. 1999 yeah. it came out. So yeah. Uh, whereas like uh, paranormal activity, like uh, is it's kind of the resurgence of the found footage horror movie. Like I don't think there was actually. I don't think there was many found footage horror movies in between uh, Blair Witch Project and Paranormal Activity, but uh, uh, what can I say? Uh, Blair Witch is interesting because it takes place during the time where uh, VHS was still the main, uh, uh, what do you call it? Medium? Medium. Platform? Platform, uh, uh Format, media format, I guess, uh, that film took place on. So it was believable that this was shot with a handy cam, uh, which I I think I found out from somewhere else that the the cameras that they used to film Blair Witch Project, they actually returned to Best Buy after they were done filming the movie. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, which, like, is just incredible. Uh, And... Uh, maybe we should talk about what these movies are <laughs> instead of how I just feel about them immediately. So Blair Witch is, uh, what what state does it take place in? It's about like uh, these college students uh, exploring this urban legend of this witch that lives in the woods of so a in, certain... It's in Maryland. It was filmed in okay. Maryland. Okay. Uh, and uh, they go out into the woods to... Um, find this uh Blair Witch but uh it it starts out like pretty silly like a lot of like oh they're just playing jokes on each other it's a group of uh three college students one girl and her two guy friends I think one of them might be her boyfriend I'm not too sure uh and then when they like go to sleep at night they start to notice like oh that uh, the setting around them is starting to change. There's like uh, these little like stick, uh, I don't want to call them stick figures, but uh, uh, what would you call it? Like, um, 
yeah like to- totems like yeah. idols or something like idols that, yeah more that are left like that. behind like yeah. markings that the that something is wrong and uh some people started acting strange and it all culminates with them going into the house and i think what what works really well about this one is that there's two different camera perspectives that uh, that uh, that they split up during the house uh, in the house when they're trying to look for uh, someone gets kidnapped. I haven't seen this movie since I was a kid, uh, <laughs> so uh, God. Do you have anything to say about Blair Witch before I move on to Paranormal yeah. Activity? Well, Bla- yeah. yeah. So Blair Witch, yeah, like, uh, I again, it was one of those movies. It was kind of word of mouth at the time. There were, again, not so much with the internet at that point in time. This would have been when I was in grade, I think in grade 11 or 12, somewhere in there. And, yeah, it was kind of one of those things where, like, a, a bunch of my friends went out and, to see it first. It was kind of a uh, – just the fact that it's sort of like, I guess, it's an independent movie in, in, in every sense of the word that way uh, that um, – yeah, it was it was very much just word of mouth and everybody was saying and then, you know, you kind of start seeing as soon as uh, certain grassroots uh, sort of uh, following for it, then all of a sudden you started kind of seeing it started picking up uh, the hype on as far as like commercials and advertisements for it. And then, you know, then there's it's one of those ads with their like the quotes are the scariest movie since blah, blah. And like, you know, so it starts kind of uh, getting some hype, uh, like the hype machine behind it, too. So it kind of had those two two different uh, layers or tiers of hype by the time I'd seen it. And um, honestly, I was like a little bit, uh, I guess, disappointed with the the, the pacing. Uh, mm-hmm. But in hindsight, it was entirely necessary to uh, add to the realism as far as like you're saying they're kind of just screwing around at the beginning and by the end it's um that's the story it's telling right it's like that the realism is in the fact that the movie doesn't take a turn for quite a while uh before mm-hmm. you know what i mean so then uh so I, I knowing the story afterwards and kind of like unpacking it you know and de- debriefing about the movie that's entirely what the movie needed to do and i i guess that's sort of the whole idea with found footage uh, movies to add to like the realism is to have that sort of element to it so and i really liked the sort of confusing ending where it's, it doesn't really leave you you never really get the the visual of of the witch uh you never no. and uh just the sort of sort sudden abrupt ending that kind of li- literally leaves you in the dark uh some of the use of sound effects the minimalistic uh you know, um, approach to it was very, very new and fresh. Uh, there was a mm-hmm. lot of cool stuff about this movie. Um, the time again, cause I was probably 16, 17, somewhere in that range, uh, where it was kind of like, um, I don't know. I, I was, uh, sort of like, I guess when you're, when you're, uh, that age, you kind of, uh, I guess I have this sort of like more of like a, a cavalier attitude where I was kind of like, oh, yeah, come on, scare me. See what you, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're a little bit more brash when you're a teenager, right? So I remember being kind of like disappointed uh, with it uh, in a sense. But like the lasting impression it's left on me uh, is definitely like I, I got a lot of respect for the filmmakers, the idea behind it. I, I mean, everybody loves sort of the underdog that made made well. I mean, I'm looking at the stats. It's kind of one of the the uh, top grossing, you know, ho- most profitable horror movies of all time. Uh, you know, I guess the budget is a little more than I thought it would be. The budget ended up being um, close to, it says anywhere from two hundred to $500,000. That includes like post-production, which I, I think a lot of 
what it would have been uh, would be like on the editing on the other side to kind of make it co- a cohesive movie. But then it grossed uh, almost $250 million. So just craziness that way. Uh, you know, I like the minimalistic. Uh, just there's three actors in the entire movie. Um, I do like the turn. Like when it did start turning, it definitely uh, picked up my attention. Some of the scenes I do remember, obviously the, the, the booger scene, right, which is the cover of the movie, like the – uh, you know, she's holding the, the camera right up to her crying, delirious face. Uh, I also like the when they kind of recognize the fact they're lost in the woods and uh, the guy, right. the boyfriend's filming her and she's just like, you know, like, why are you still filming me kind of thing like that? That was such a good realistic part where like that is like that's real, right? Like to mm-hmm. that, that came across very real. I think the 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 girl in this movie in particular was the the star of the show she did the, the, oh, yeah. the best job of of uh conveying you know what was going on i think for sure uh the mm-hmm. most memorable performance a very good performance um so yeah a lot uh, i got a lot of time time for blair witch and sort of what it did what it uh you know the legacy it's left and all that uh paranormal activity uh i did watch in the in, in the daytime um <laughs> and uh just because i like i'm very i i because i believe in it like i believe in like you know supernatural and i believe in sort of law of attraction like if you if you focus on something or you, you're kind of open to it that uh you know that there's the potential that it will uh you know come and come and see you kind of thing so like i i i believe in like ghosts and spirits and all that but I don't uh, entertain it for very long because I don't want to, you know what I mean? I'm, I don't, uh, I'm not a ghost hunter. I'll put it that way. So, uh, so these kind of movies scare me because I do believe in it and the, the reality-based uh, presentation of it I thought would definitely get me. And, and some of the scenes did, but honestly, uh, it wasn't until the very, very end. The last, I want to say the last like five seconds of the movie scared the shit out of me. And I didn't even know it at the time, but it, it like, it, I, I remember dreaming about it. it. It came up in my my subconscious and my dreams uh, for like a couple weeks afterwards. So, I mean, that says something for paranormal activity. Basically, that last scene where the guy gets launched gets- across the room into the camera, uh, yeah, scared the scared the shit out of me. I, and I don't mind saying that. So, because I mean, I guess that's the idea. So, uh, to have it, uh, and I, I kind of like that where there's something something to be said about. Um, almost not having a payoff until literally the last like few seconds of the movie is a, a very risky uh, filmmaking. And, uh, and to me was like the, uh, the smallest, shortest condensed payoff uh, in like movie history, honestly. And, and, uh, and it did have a, a pretty profound effect on me. So uh, that's worth mentioning for me. Uh, and the fact that I'm just looking at the same thing with the, the budget for this movie was uh fifteen thousand dollars with a two hundred <laughs> with two hundred thousand dollar post production so the editing yeah. and whatnot and it grossed uh close to two hundred million so i mean i Not surprised. I, I like how both of these have kind of uh got pitted against each other um yeah. so and i do have to say like that's that's my you know paranormal activity does hold uh hold up if they had if it was a boxing match i think it would have gone Maybe not ten rounds, but it would have gone five or six rounds, literally, because of the last like five seconds of the movie. So to me, that's a, that's a pretty substantial um, ending, I guess, and and just the impact that it had on me. Um, but Blair Witch is like kind of a, I guess, like an urban legend at this point. Uh, so I'm 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 gonna go uh, Blair Witch on this one. Okay, 
uh, I'm, I'm going to give Paranormal Activity a chance to to just say uh, my bit on it. I loved the Paranormal Activity series when I was uh, uh, going into high school and early university. Uh, one of its greatest strengths is the ending that lasts like five seconds where he gets launched uh, towards the camera. Another thing that Paranormal Activity does like very well is having those those same shots at night of the uh, security camera footage of of these houses, and you're you never you never know what to expect when it's like the exact same shot, the exact same angle, and you're just waiting for something to happen, something to change, and sometimes nothing happens. It's just it's just a shot of them sleeping. It goes. It always goes like uh, night number whatever uh, October this like the date and time, and then it will eventually like fast forward to a point where you assume something's going to happen at that time. And sometimes something doesn't happen. And then other times like there's like a loud bang or the door slowly opens, like stuff like that. Like it really plays with building up that tension just in those scenes. And I think that's one of the greatest strengths of paranormal activity. Unfortunately, uh, I'd say it starts falling apart after Paranormal Activity three <laughs> is probably the peak one. Yeah. I think there's been like four or five after. <laughs> oh wow! After after that, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, there's one with a haunted like Simon toy. I don't know if you've ever played Simon like that. Simon says with the oh, okay. colored buttons. Yeah. There's a haunted Simon toy in one of them. Oh, I think wow. that's like I think that's the jump in the shark moment for Paranormal Activity. <laughs> totally. Uh, uh, even though there's a haunted light bright in the third one. Nice. Anyways, uh, I'm also gonna go with Blair Witch uh, just for the sake of brevity because we had to go through the semifinals pretty quick or in the well even quarterfinals I guess. Um, so, the uh, last thing I want to say about Blair Witch before I pick it is, I don't know if you've ever heard the fan theory about it, that there actually isn't a witch at all. It's just a plot that these two boys put together to kill the girl. Oh, okay. No, I haven't Have heard you, that one. No, if you watch it with that context, it makes a whole lot more sense, and it's that much more terrifying that these two would actually like, like mess with uh, the girl to the point of making her go crazy and and then kill like her. and then kill her like interesting huh yeah that with that context like it makes Blair Witch like that much more terrifying that like no kidding people would go to this length to build this narrative and uh build upon this urban legend only to murder somebody like it's just wow yeah so yeah I'm gonna pick Blair Witch <laughs> nice right are on. you also picking Blair Witch yeah I'm going Blair Witch for sure yeah yeah, uh, if if Paranormal Activity was maybe placed against Dawn of the Dead, it would make it a little <laughs> further. But yeah, for sure, uh, for sure. Yeah. So uh, this is where we start getting into uh, quicker discussions because we've talked about all these movies now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, it versus The Shining. <laughs> uh, interesting. Those are both Stephen King works. Yeah, wicked. Uh, That's cool how that worked out. I did not see that coming no. until I just read those out loud. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm probably going to have to go with The Shining just because I do like it, but ugh. 
I just like the shining that much more. What are you thinking? Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it, <laughs> it is great, and we've we, you know we talked we touched on that, but I mean, uh, at this point, it's um, you know, I think the the hardest round that it had to go through was 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 Alien there, so it might be kind of uh, similar to the other bracket where Halloween had a tough time against the thing a little bit, uh, but it's and then it kind of uh, after we opened the uh, sort of unraveled the whole you know, premise and what we liked about it, uh, it became very apparent that uh, Halloween was going to, uh, you know, not easily, but get to the finals. I'm kind of thinking, I'm using my Shining right now and thinking that this might happen with with the Shining. So, yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely going with the Shining as well. Yeah, it's it's one of those movies that's probably going to have a landslide victory. It could. Uh, (laughs) It could. uh, Yeah. it has a very weak ending. It I, it that, does that it, it yeah completely. That's probably it's a major downfall. Like it's so weird it's also to talk about vi- it. Yeah, it is hard to talk about because because of the word it. <laughs> it, uh, it its plot is also very confusing uh, <laughs> with the whole concept of like Pennywise isn't really the enemy. It's like right. uh, it's the deadlights, which is like this like cosmic horror thing that came to earth and, and uh, I don't know, plays on people's fears so it could absorb them or something like that. Yeah. And then that means it's a giant stop motion spider spider. The... Yeah, no, it's a, a completely as, as good as the first half of it is. The second half is like almost, yeah, it's almost it... like it part one is like the, <laughs> what we talk about, right? Cause it part two almost, Almost doesn't belong in here, you know, in 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 a way. But um, yeah, no, I I totally agree with you. Okay. So the shining uh, to the semifinals. Yeah, to the semifinals. Okay. Oh, all right. These are two very different movies: Texas Chainsaw Massacre versus Blair Witch. I feel kind of bad because. It's hard to compare these two. Um, but I almost want to just go with Blair Witch because I don't know. What are you thinking? <laughs> yeah, this one, they are so different. Um, yeah. And they obviously, like, they have their own sort of legacy that they've left. Um uh, for the personal impact they had on me, I mean, I enjoyed enjoyed them both. They both had kind of a similar like, oh, like wait till you see this movie kind of build up to them, right? Like there was a lot of like, um, yeah, but more so with Texas Chainsaw, as I mentioned, because I mean that was well before you know my time, so I had to kind of grow right. grow up with it in my periphery when I was a child and whatnot. Whereas Blair Witch came out when I was already late teens, so not uh, similar in that sense, but. Ooh, I don't know, man. If okay, so uh, the way I'd break it down is like, which one would I watch or or go if if I had to pick like one of the two to show somebody that's never seen one of them before? I would, I think I'd go with with Blair Witch. So I think on that strength, yeah, I, I would go with that. But that's not by much. I mean, Texas Chainsaw is uh, no. is is such a flagship, you know. Uh, horror movie for like just the concept and and like again often imitated 
uh, and just like the, the ideas of it has have been so kind of recycled and repackaged and all that. So it's got a lot of uh, equity uh, behind it in the horror genre. So it's it's not by much. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, I would no. I would go with Blair Witch at this point. Yeah, I think I'm also gonna go with Blair Witch. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> Cool. So let's, uh, okay. So, it, okay, cool. So this is kind of interesting. <laughs> I just want to look, flip over to the other side that we've talked about here. So it was Halloween, uh, which is, I think 1974 movie, John Carpenter, yeah. the original against get out, which was 2017. And now we got yeah. kind of a same kind of thing, like an older versus a newer. So I kind of like that, uh, parallel as well. So you got, you know, not that Blair, which is like, I mean, I, we're talking 21 years old now, but I mean, it's, uh, you know, 99, right? So uh, versus The Shining, which, what was The Shining? I want to say 74, somewhere in there as well, right? Somewhere around there, yeah. Yeah, so kind of a slight degree of parallel as far as like, I guess Blair Witch is somewhat of a new movie in in, in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> but uh, so kind of a parallel there between the other rounds. So that's kind of interesting how that uh, uh, made it across. So yeah, Blair Witch versus uh, The Shining. <sighs> talk about like i said last round texas chainsaw versus blair witch two very different movies i feel the shining versus blair witch is just like <sighs> i feel that both of these would be if you googled any top 10 horror movie list i think both of these are going to be on there for very different reasons uh i think the most obvious choice would be to pick the shining right uh i like yeah i can't yeah it's for me is the shining i, I don't even yeah i think we've <laughs> talked about it uh, enough i blair witch is it's cool that it made it this far i i didn't yeah. have like i don't know i didn't have much expectation or hope or one <sighs> one way or the other for blair witch so the fact that it made it to the semifinals, i think is is uh th- yeah that's where it can get off i think <laughs> Yeah, that's where it can get out, if you will. Get out. Yeah, yeah th- this is this is as far as Blair Witch can make it. I'm afraid, like, it just doesn't hold a candle to The Shining, like, because yeah. uh, The Shining's like an actual movie. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Blair, yeah. Yeah. Blair Witch is like fifty percent of people just messing around with a camera in the woods. Yeah, no, and then sure. shit getting real at the end. Definitely, so definitely. Uh, Okay. Yeah, yeah, the shiny. The shiny. Okay, <laughs> cool, cool. It's too obvious yet. For sure. Okay, so this uh, this leads us to the finals. By the way, just in the, uh, as we were doing this, I I just texted Glenn to see uh, just in case, just in case we needed a tiebreaker. So Glenn weighed in on on the final already. So it's basically John Carpenter's Halloween versus uh, Stephen King slash Stanley Kubrick's Stanley The Shining. Kubrick's. Right. <laughs> So pretty, uh, man. That's awesome. I'm uh, I'm super stoked that uh, this is how it came out. Uh, both of these are just ginormous, uh, you know, horror movies. I'm glad that it wasn't, uh, you know, one of those ones that kind of snuck through for whatever reason. So uh, this the the Sinister Sixteen has been boiled down to uh, from the Hateful Eight to the uh, the Frightful Four to the Gruesome Twosome here. So we're in the final two. So Glenn, our uh, co- our other co-host, who was unable to make it for this series. Uh, he has weighed in on the final, and he decided his quote is "The Shining" by a football field length. So Glenn is very pro the Shining in this uh, in this Shining versus Halloween final here. So 
Uh, if we need a tiebreaker, I guess Glenn's weighed in on it. So that's kind of cool. We got uh, his wow. reaction in real time here. It almost feels like The Shining has already won because I think I would have a hard time trying to convince you otherwise that Halloween is a better horror movie. I mean, I'm op- I'm open to it. I mean, I want I definitely okay. because it is the finals. We do have to have a you know a, some degree of discussion about it. And obviously, yeah. we we almost identified Halloween as like a perfect, near flawless horror movie. And I mean, the fact that this is sort of we're releasing this around Halloween time, just the timing of our you know the, of this series. Uh, I mean, there is a it holds a lot of water at this point. So it's not it's not uh, going out without a fight by any means. Um, I mean, again, I don't know, man. Like, if it, it it's completely dependent on on when you're. There's a degree of context you'd have to give it. Okay, so if you're gonna watch a movie at Halloween, you know what? I I would pick Halloween, honestly. But oh yeah, right? I would too. You know what I mean? But, but it's like the The Shining kind of. Uh, you could watch it like almost at any point. Like I tend to watch it in the winter because that's the the theme that, right yeah the premise, uh, I guess, the setting so it's almost like Hall- what, yeah go ahead sorry okay i think halloween is truly terrifying like there are some very well done scenes like uh Some stuff that we didn't touch on earlier, like when we we talked about how the build up during the day in Haddonfield, like how he is like kind of ubiquitous, like he uh, is just like standing at the end of the street. He's standing on the other side of the street when she's in class, like uh, just staring at her. So, exactly. Uh, so, but the the thing is with that is is that again we're kind of talking about like the the psychological aspect of horror movies. Is that her? You know, the, again, the theater of the mind, is that her thinking she's seen him or is he actually there, which I, I love? Yeah, is that her, like, fill, is that, like, her, like, filling in, like, uh, blanks, like, that? that's an interesting point, like, could that have just been, like, her imagination and then, like, this traumatizing event that happens later in the movie, like, she tries to piece it all together? Maybe not, he probably actually is there, but that that's also, that would be interesting to think about that like oh he wasn't actually there when he's like yeah standing like on like behind the clothesline like and then he's like gone like it it almost doesn't make sense that he would be able to move that quickly like right where he's able to like duck behind the hedges and then like she goes and goes like hey you asshole and then like there's nobody there right like right uh later in the movie like we didn't touch on the scene where he uh uh, goes after uh, her friend and her uh, friend's boyfriend at that one house. I can't remember if it's... <sighs> Is it in his childhood home? I, I can't remember. I think, I, I think I'm, so, yeah. I'm mixing, I'm mix, I might be mixing up with the remake, but uh, he kills the boyfriend and then goes upstairs with his glasses on over... or uh, with him under a bed sheet. So, like, that is, like, one of the most terrifying uses of a bed sheet in a horror movie. Like, where he just, like, slowly opens the door, and she thinks that that's her boyfriend. But it's, like, 
it's Michael Myers under that bed sheet, and he's just kind of like, it looks a little corny, like when you look at the scene uh, out of context, but like, uh, yeah, that that's one of my favorite scenes. And then another one is when uh, uh, Laurie tries uh, manages to stab him uh, through when he breaks through into the closet at the end of the movie, and. Uh, she gets away uh, only for him to like slowly stand up again and then turn well s- slowly sit up and then turn his head towards the camera like that's ugh. even just thinking about it is just uh, yeah there's um totally the hair stand up on my neck uh, okay here's my my opinion as far as horror movies go Halloween beats The Shining as far as movies itself goes. The shiny beats Halloween. Well, I guess, uh, yeah. That is a verdict. I like it. I like it. Because, uh, I mean, this is a rating the top horror movie of all time, right? So yeah. It's, uh, yeah. No, I can, I can see the logic for sure. So yeah. so that's your vote? Yes. The, sh- oh, the, the Halloween. I almost said the shiny. That's awesome. That's yeah. all. Okay, okay. So I, I, I'm the tiebreaker now. So, okay. So there's a little bit more weight to this. This is actually the first time we've actually had something that's, a, you know, the, obviously the three three human beings are voting on as opposed to uh, uh, purported the luck of the point. draw. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely see the, uh, and I love that scene too, where it's like, and that is almost like it's been imitated in different. Uh, I mean, for me, like I, I watch, um, you know, like pro wrestling. So they're like, the character, the undertaker, it was yeah. very much based on like the Mike Myers character, like the really slow, like he does that sit upright and then slowly turns his head to his victim. I mean, even uh, Terminator, I, I, I seem to recall like Schwarzenegger kind of utilizing that, uh, that, uh, that style. So, I mean, again, so much has been sort of uh, copied or imitated or recycled or uh, the whole premise of this, uh, you know, from so much has been uh, spawned from Halloween. Uh, so, and then yeah, versus the shining, which is, um, yeah, I guess if you're if, exactly if you're going to look for a straight up horror movie versus The Shining, which is kind of almost more of a thriller, but completely has horror elements right uh, to it. So but as far as like a pure. Yeah, if, uh, you know, again, if you're watching something at this time of year, Halloween is coming up. I mean, what's a better uh better movie to watch than the original Halloween the use of music in both movies is like amazing uh I have huge respect for both the directors uh the performances I mean Jamie Lee Curtis uh you know a great performance obviously whoever played Mike Myers uh, more of like the body language kind of thing is just bang on just like amazing um versus you know obviously Jack Nicholson on the other side whereas the performance of the child is great Scatman Crothers was awesome uh the lady in The Shining I think we've talked about before is just just awful almost unwatchable <laughs> so I mean that that's kind of a strike against that one. Oh, um, what's her name oh, I can't remember who, who uh who cares <laughs> no I'm just kidding uh, but I just, but um uh, no, actually I'm not getting a hater no but um I don't know yeah Ooh, this is tough it's really tough uh Oh, man. Can can I make one more? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, notch in Halloween's belt. Yes, is uh, the Shining ends. Uh, the Shining's ending where he's like frozen in the uh, snow is a little cheesy at the end, and right. like they got away and they're safe. Halloween's right. ending though, uh, where he falls out of uh, from the second story uh, window. Uh, 
and you see him like sprawled out on the ground and uh i forget what laurie says like she's just like what was that or who was that and he says some oh man what does he say oh i can't remember like pure evil pure evil or something like that and then they look down and he's gone and he's gone and yeah and then the music and and if they just left it at that which i guess is what they wanted to do uh based well that's what they supposedly did now that that new halloween uh sequel that you should definitely watch uh Mm. the halloween 2018 uh uh, where it kind of erases the canon between it, <laughs> uh, all its uh, previous entries. Uh, that is a wonderful ending. Like, that he's still out there, and sure, he might be dying <laughs> now that he's been, like, he's had the freaking uh, sewing needles, or sewing needles? Not sewing needles. Uh Knitting? Yeah, what do, you, like what do you call a, that? Like, yeah, it was like knitting, knitting needles to the eye. Knitting, that. knitting needles yeah. through the eye and like the uh, getting stabbed by his own knife uh, and then getting shot and then falling out the second floor yeah. window. Like he, he's probably dying somewhere, but like he managed to get away, get up and get away. Like that's, ugh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, uh, the other really good scene I like is the closet scene where she's in the closet and he... Uh, he sneaks up and just that whole scene where there's like the closet, there is a light in the closet and it's kind of going back and forth and he's like reaching into the closet to try and get her. It's like such a cool scene. Just like yeah. the fact that he comes in the room looking for her and you kind of have the perspective of Jamie Lee Curtis looking through the little vents of the closet. It's like so good. Yeah. Um, and have, have you not, if you had not seen the movie before, you would have been convinced that like she got him with the, with the knitting needles. Oh, yeah. And she goes up to uh, get the two kids that are hiding upstairs and she's like, Everything's okay now. We're gonna leave, and then she, and then suddenly he's like right behind her. Yeah, yeah. Like, and it's like, dun, 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 dun. yeah, dun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sure. Like, oh my god. No. Uh, it's. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No. It's. 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 Uh, yeah. It's a tough one to do. I am actually going to. I'm glad that we had the open conversation about it. I am gonna go with Halloween. So I think Halloween is our, oh, I, is the top. I also am. I'm sorry, Glenn, yeah. but like, I yeah. I can't. Top it's, horror again. movie of all time is Halloween. John Carpenter's yeah. Halloween. Watch it, kids. We did it. Yeah, we've done it. No, that was awesome. That was good. And, and honestly, it wasn't like one of those things where you just think it's a... Because, yeah, when you have a full discussion about it, put it in context and, and you know what I mean, and, and kind of way uh, pit different uh, aspects of the movie against the other movie and, uh, you know, you kind of, uh, you know, wear away all the layers and all that and unpack it. It's like, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty fun, pretty fun to do. I hope it was fun to listen to. I mean, we're clocking in at uh, close to a hundred minutes now for this episode. So <laughs> longer than the movie itself, Halloween, but we, uh, we got to the bottom of it. Listeners, uh, John Carpenter's yep. Halloween. Yeah. Uh, so if you like this, uh, good news. We're going to continue to do more of these brackets of the best of. Uh, uh, mostly on a seasonal basis. Uh, I imagine the next one we're probably going to do is best Christmas movies of all time. Yes. yes. Uh, that'll be an interesting discussion because, man, we're going to be like pitting against some very lame movies against each other and then how oh, we totally. feel about them. Like, yeah. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer versus, I don't know. Uh, Santa with Christmas, muscles. Santa with muscles, yeah. Christmas with the Cranks. I yeah, don't know. exactly. Deck the Halls. Die Hard is going to be in there. Die Hard, of 
course. Die Hard 2. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Die Hard 3. Yeah. 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 And Live Free or Die Hard. Everyone yeah, yeah. talks about how Die Hard is their favorite Christmas movie. But nobody talks about Die Hard 2 also taking place also, at Christmas. I don't think any of the other ones are. But yeah, Die Hard 1 and 2 are definitely Christmas movies. We'll have to probably pit them against each other just for sake of fairness. Like they'll in the first round, we'll just go Die Hard. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Let's, yeah, uh, and hopefully Glenn will be able to join us so uh, we won't need to use the haunted coin for Christmas because somebody just doesn't feel right about using the haunted, haunted coin, coin for Christmas. A haunted coin at Christmas. No, that's, uh, that's not good. That's not good. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah. I, I guess we'll put a wrap on this for today, Todd, if you want to, or pardon me, Invasion of the Toddy Snatchers. <laughs> what did I call you again? Stephen King's Mitt. It's Stephen King's Mitt. All right. Uh, we will see you guys in the next episode. Take care. All right.